So uh, last week, I was on holiday, but last week uh, I heard that Pastor Adam preached a pretty awesome message on knowing God, how important it is to know God. So I got big shoes to film this morning, but uh, who knows, God will help us. So actually, I, I, I watched it online. It's a powerful message. I encourage you to get online and watch it if you, if you didn't see it last week. But I was, uh, actually, I was on the internet yesterday, and I noticed that YWAM, Youth with a Mission, their mission statement, their motto is like, know God and make Him known. And so while it's so important that we know God, how many know it's equally as important to make Him known? Amen? Come on, you gotta you gotta respond like Pastor Spencer said. Come on, you you want a good message? You gotta pull it out of me. So it's important that we not only know God, but we make Him known. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I kind of I want to talk about this whole thing about how it's so important that we make God known. Now, I don't know what your Bible says, but the one I've got, when I look at it from Genesis to Revelation. I see a supernatural God. I see a God that works in power and signs and wonders. I see a God that when he wants to make himself known, he works through people like you and me, sometimes in supernatural ways. And I think, you see, one of the dangers is that sometimes we put the supernatural stuff up here in this special little box, and it's a, it's a little bit weird. But when I look at my Bible, I see God using that every day. I see that as a tool, as a means that He uses to make Himself known to people He wants to know Him. And I think as Christians, it's important that we understand that and, and we position ourselves and we learn how we partner with God in that process. Because sometimes he wants to use you supernaturally. Sometimes he wants to reveal himself through you supernaturally. And we've got to learn how to do that. The message this morning, I've entitled it, Making the Supernatural Natural. Making the Supernatural Natural. If you're a notes person, you can note that down. I, I kind of want to teach a little bit this morning rather than preach so much, but Sometimes I just can't help myself. And if you respond, then I'll probably end up preaching. That's right. Come on. So what I want to do this morning is I want to give you five keys. All right? So you know people, you'll love this. You know, if you like school, this is right up your alley. If you don't like school, this is your worst nightmare. But I'm going to give you five keys this morning that I believe if you start applying them in your life, you will begin to see the supernatural becoming a natural part of your life. Because you'll begin to align yourself with the way that God wants to work. Amen? You're open for that this morning. All right, we're going to look in the book of Exodus, which is always a good book. I'm going to read, we're in chapter 3, if you want to go there, chapter 3, verse 1. So I'm going to read it, and then we'll begin to just unpack it a little bit. Last week, or a few weeks back, Adam talked about you know, when we're reading the Bible, we've got to start asking questions of it. Who, what, where, why? And, and God begins to bring revelation of his word. And, and that's kind of what happened to me the other week. I was reading this and all of a sudden God just started speaking to me out of it. And, and I believe it's a bit of a prophetic word. In fact, I'd go as far to say for you younger people, this is a word for you. This is a word for your generation. If you can get a hold of these keys, if you begin to apply these things in your life, you're going to begin to see God using you in a new way. 
you're actually going to begin to see the supernatural things of God starting to be fulfilled throughout your interaction with people. But I want to tell you this. I'm just preaching now. So I want, I want to tell you this. You've got to understand that the supernatural isn't all about the supernatural. The supernatural is a means. It's a means to allow God to reveal himself to people. Don't run off chasing the supernatural. You've got to understand it's a natural part of your life and God will use it to reveal himself through it. I just feel this is a real warning for you young people. Don't chase the supernatural. Chase God and he will bring about the supernatural. So anyway, you're just going to get a mixed bag this morning. All right, so let's get back to the scripture. So we're talking about Moses. This is Moses. He's been called by God. This is where God begins to call Moses. Moses goes on and does all sorts of miracles and supernatural stuff. But this is the bit where God's calling him. And, and as we look at this, I, I pray you'll get these keys uh, and your life will change. Amen. Every preacher says that. Hey, get a hold of this and your life will change. But anyway, Genesis. No, Exodus. Exodus 3.1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of their Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over, check it out. Why this bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, Moses says, here I am. Then God says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Holy ground. How many know we're standing on holy ground right now? The, the presence of God is here. The spirit of God's at work in your life. And so, Father, we pray right now. God, that your spirit would be at work in this place. Father, that by your spirit, you'd bring revelation to each and every one of us. We pray, God, that you would speak to us with clarity as we unpack your word. Father, just move by your spirit and bring revelation for each one of us here today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. All right, so let's look at, we're just going to unpack these verse by verse. Verse one, it says... Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now as Adam was saying a while ago, sometimes you get words in Scripture and you've got to, you've got to ask, why are they using that word? What's, what's that all about? So when we see that he was tending the flock, he, he led it to the far side of the desert. And when I look at that, and I, I'm like, why the far side of the desert? Why didn't they just say they went into the desert? So, so straight away, I'm like, what's this far side about? Some of your versions will say the west side of the wilderness or the west side of the desert. And when we begin to look at this, there's a guy, um, we can look at all the commentaries and all that sort of thing. But one of the, one of the things I like looking at, there's a guy called uh, Josephus. He's a Jewish historical writer. And, and he lives around the time of Jesus a little bit after. And when you read what he writes about things, you, you kind of get some insight to what was the understanding around Jesus' time. And so Josephus writes about this place. And he says this place is, a, is an area of the desert that no one wants to go to. 
all the other shepherds, none of them want to go into this area of the desert. And they don't want to go in there for one reason. And that reason is it's known as the place where God hangs out. This part of the desert is the place where they believe God resides. And so they're fearful. They're fearful to step into where God's residing. They're fearful to step into where God's at work. And as I'm reading this, I felt the Lord just beginning to say to me, you've got to understand, this is what I'm doing in my church. This is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm doing in Connect Church. I'm moving you out of the old. See, Moses was hanging out in a certain part of the desert, and for some reason, God moves him into the new thing. And I felt the Lord saying, you've got to understand, I'm beginning to move you into the new thing. You've got to understand this, when God moves us into the new thing, fear comes against us. How many know there's so many of us want to hold on to the old stuff? I like the old stuff. I like where it's nice and comfy. I like my mindset. Some of you in here, God's challenging your mindset right now. You're sitting there going, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know. God's challenging your mindset. And you see, we've got to make a decision. If we want to start seeing the supernatural stuff of God working through us, we've got to make a decision that we're prepared to step into the new. We, we look through church history. It happens time and time again. Every time God does something new, there's a group of people who go, no, that's not God. Just saying, just saying. See, the key, the first key, if you want to see God starting to use you in this, in this way, is you've got to overcome the fear and step into the new. You've got to be prepared to step into the new thing of God. Fear will come against you. When God wants to use you, fear will come against you. For me, I, in my 20s, I couldn't go outside. I freaked out if I had to go to the supermarket. I couldn't use a money machine. I was... I was just so anxious and so fearful about it. I was, I was diagnosed with social phobia. And, and, and it was like I would have panic attacks every time I tried to, to go out in public. So for me, standing up here in front of you wonderful people is my worst nightmare. <laughs> it, it, it really is. I, 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 found it, I find it terrorizing. I find it fearful. But I know... I've got to push through the fear. I've got to know God's put a call in my life. I've got to step past the fear. I've got to step past the barriers and step into what God's wanting to do. You see, understand, God wants to begin to reveal himself through you in supernatural ways. When he starts to do it, you're going to get fearful. But you've got to start to push through that fear and step into what God's wanting to do. Because it's not about you. It's about God wanting to make himself known to people around you. Amen? Come on, you got to say, that's good preaching, Pastor Neil. you got to say it like you mean it. Come on. All right. Come on. Yeah, i got the front row. They're with me. Come on. All right. So let's have a look at Moses. Let's get back to Moses, all right? So uh, verse 2, it says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. So Moses has stepped into the new. He's moved into the new thing that God's doing. Now remember, Moses is about his everyday business. Moses is just looking after the flock. He's looking after his father-in-law's flock. He's doing about the daily stuff. Then there's this bush 
ignites on fire and like it doesn't go out. You see, God is trying to get Moses' attention. God's wanting to get Moses' attention. And Moses is just going about his daily stuff. Now, in this desert, again, if you look what Josephus writes, what you realize is this desert isn't barren. This place where God hangs out is, is lush. It has got bushes everywhere. The, the place is surrounded with bushes. Now, God could have ignited every bush in the place, but God chose to ignite one bush, one bush to get Moses' attention. And as I'm looking at that and as I'm reading that, I felt the Lord go, this is my church. This is what I'm doing. The bushes are representative of people. See, there's people all around the place, but God's igniting one. The Spirit of God's working in one. Moses is about his everyday stuff. The, the parallel is, as we're about our everyday stuff, as we're about our, our work, our school, God is going to begin to ignite bushes around you. God's going to begin to highlight people around you. You see, there are people out there that don't know God, but understand the Holy Spirit's already working in them. The Holy Spirit is already in them. They don't know it, and He's already working in them. And those people are the people that God's going to begin to highlight to you because He wants you to start interacting with them because He wants to reveal Himself to them. The second key to moving in this stuff is we've got to start looking for the burning bushes. We've got to start being sensitive to the burning bushes that are around us in our everyday life, in our work, in our play. Because God's wanting to highlight people to us. Last, end of last year, I think it was, I, um, I was getting really frustrated. I get frustrated sometimes. I was kind of getting frustrated with my walk. I was getting frustrated with, with a whole heap of stuff. How many know sometimes God gets you frustrated because he doesn't want you to stay where you are and he wants to move you into, into somewhere new? And I started seeing, you know, around the world that, that people were just going out and God was moving through them. And it was, just, it, was just, it was just like, man, this is crazy. You know, these are just normal people, Christians that have been Christians, you know, three weeks, all of a sudden God's using them. And I'm like, man, what is this? And so Pastor Mason and I, we, we started doing some study. We got some young guys with us. And we're like, man, I wanna, I've gotta, got to find out about this stuff. Anyway, we got hold of some people down in Lower Hutt who, who seem to be sort of operating in this stuff. And so we went down there earlier this year. We went down for a weekend. And so we get down in Lower Hutt, and it's Saturday morning. So we spent the whole morning just looking at the Word of God and, and, and understanding about healing and all that sort of thing. And then it gets to the point where it's like, how many know you've you got you to put this thing into action? You can't just learn about this stuff. You've got to actually start doing it. So we decided, okay, we're going we're gonna to go out. We're going to go to Westfield Plaza in Lower Hutt, which is full of heaps of people. And we're going to just believe that God's going to start prompting us. God's going to start showing us burning bushes. And as we step out, we're believing. Come on, we're believing God's going to do some stuff. And so I don't know how it worked out this way, but somehow I think they set it up. 
I ended up being in the front of the group. And we'd kind of made this pact that the first person we saw, that clearly God was wanting to do something in their life, that would be the person that we would pray for and we'd believe, you know, God would do some great stuff. So I'm coming up to Westfield Plaza. The doors open. I step through the doors and I kid you not, 20 feet in front of me, there is a 75-year-old lady in a wheelchair. She's got a family pushing her. Now, let me give you some insight. Pastor Neil, the awesome pastor, your awesome pastor, in his head is going, no, Lord, not a wheelchair, Lord. I'm, I'm starting to panic. Mate, my heart's starting to beat. At the same time, I'm thinking, oh, come on, Neil, you've got all these young people behind you. You're the pastor. They're expecting you to deliver. Come on, you're the man of God. You gotta, and I'm like, oh, no. And then I'm doing this. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, she's 75, 80. She, it's just old age. It's old age. God doesn't need to do anything. I'm doing all this justification. Anyway, how many know you've got to push through the fear? So I, so I pushed through, I kind of talked to these people, and I prayed for her. And the next minute, like God moves, she, she stands up out of her wheelchair, the family start crying, people are starting to look at what's going on. I, I, I can't believe it. No, nah, it didn't happen like that at all. No, nah, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> that didn't happen. What happened was your awesome pastor, Neil, he got up there and he got closer and closer and he freaked out, man. And he went, no, Lord, not a wheelchair. Give me a, give me a walking stick. Give me, I just walked straight on past. I, the fear overtook me and I'm like, mate, I'm, I'm out of there. But, there's always a but. But what happened was over the course of that day, I began to understand how God was talking to me. I began to understand how he was prompting me because I was willing to step into the new. I was willing to step into the new. So God started to prompt me. And as he was prompting me and as I began to talk to people, I did. I began to see people getting healed. I saw people who had fallen away from church. God just give me a word for them and turn around and rededicate their life to Jesus. See, my point is this, if you want to step into this new realm that God's doing, this new thing that God's doing, you've got to start looking for the burning bushes. You've got to start looking for the burning bushes that are around you, because they're people that God's highlighting. They're people that God's wanting to make himself known to, and he wants to. Sometimes, I don't know why, he chooses to do that supernaturally. But who are we to, to go, oh, that's not for me. It's for those weirdos. We've got to understand, no, this is for us. We're sons and daughters of the living God. He works through us like that. Amen? You're really quiet. You're really quiet. All right. Back to Moses. Everything comes out of the Bible. Everything comes, comes out of Moses. All right. So we're verse 3. Yeah? All right. Pastor Neil needs to get a speak saver. That's all right. It's, it's a joke from the last service. Uh, so verse three, it says this, it says, so Moses thought, I'm losing my voice, but no, he didn't think that, I'm doing that. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why this bush does not burn up. Why this bush does not burn up. The underlying Hebrew kind of language here, it means Moses detoured. 
he actually made a significant detour. It's not like just, oh, yeah, I'll go and have a look. He had to be quite matter-of-fact about going over and having a look at this thing God was highlighting. So you need to understand, as you start stepping out and God starts using you, fear will come against you. And you've got you've, you've to change your agenda for God's agenda. You've got to respond. When God prompts you, you've got to respond. That's the third key. When God prompts you, you've, you've got to respond to his promptings. When I was a new pastor, I've got better and wiser now. When I was, when I was a, a new pastor... I might not be a pastor next week after I share this, but nah, nah. When I was, I'm, ju- I'm just being honest here. You know, I'm just, I'm just like, mate, I'm on a journey, and I'm believing God wants to take us on a journey, and I'm, I'm just sharing my journey. So anyway, I'm, I'm sitting in my office one day, and um, I've got a heap of work to do. I got a mountain of work, and I'm firing away, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I've got deadlines to meet, and I'm just like, Rrr. and then somebody comes into my office, and they're like, oh, Pastor Neil. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, look, so and so's got a sore back. They've had a sore back for a long time, but today it's really, really bad. Um, could you pray for them, please? Could you come and pray for them? And now, look, on the outside, I'm like, yeah, sure, not a, not a problem. Just being honest today. On the inside, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done. I'm like, oh, I haven't got time for this, God. It's like, are you joking? And I'm just, I'm so focused on what I'm trying to get done. So inside, reluctantly, I go on the outside, I'm cool. I'm doing the right thing. So I go, go to this person and, and I'm not in it. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just praying to get back to work. I've got so much to do. Some of you are feeling me. No, I've got so much to do. And so I just pray for this person. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name, just heal back. And, you know, like I'm not even in it. And the next minute, she's like, oh, my Lord, that's amazing. Oh, I've never. And I'm like, oh. I go back to, I mean, God heals her on the spot. I go back to my office, repent. Woe is me. I'm sorry, Lord. I should have. My point is this. So often we get caught up in our stuff. We get caught up in our daily stuff. We get caught up in our agendas. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. That we don't even hear God prompting us. We don't even see the burning bush. So you've got to understand when God starts prompting you, you have to change agendas. You've got to stop being about your agenda. You've got to start being about God's agenda. That's the biggest key in that whole thing. When God prompts, you've got to respond. It's the key that will unlock your life changing as you begin to respond. Because what happens is God learns that you're going to respond when he prompts you. So what God does, God's going to use you more. He knows when I prompt, you respond. So he's going to start putting you in situations where he can use you to reveal himself through you. Amen? Right. We're doing all right. Number four. Number four. Verse four. I'm going to take a drink. When. Everybody say when. When, when the Lord saw that he, Moses, had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Moses said, here I am. When God saw Moses come over to the bush, God did something. 
See, understand, God won't do anything until you respond. So often we're like, oh, God, do this, God, do that. And God's just sitting there going, bro, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to move. I've prompted you about that. I'm waiting for you to move. I don't know why it's that way, but that's the way the kingdom works. God gives us a little prompt, and then we've got to move. We've got to, we've got to take that step and, and respond to what, to what God is doing. And it's so crucial to understand that God is waiting for us to move. We, we're wanting God to move, but he's like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm already doing the new thing. I'm waiting for you to catch up. I'm waiting for you to start responding to the prompts that I'm giving you. A friend of mine, he, um, he does this thing. He, he goes to bed at night. Before he goes to bed, he asks God for a job the next day, like a task. He goes, God, before I go to sleep, you know, I just want to ask you, show me what you want me to do tomorrow while I'm, while I'm asleep, you know, like dreams or whatever. He's done it for a long time. Anyway, one night he's, he's going to sleep, and uh, in the middle of the night, he just wakes up, and there's like a face in front of him. He sees this face, not literally, there's not someone in the room, but, but like he sees this face, and it's like a 25, 26-year-old kid. And so he's like, oh, what's, what's that, Lord? And, and so the Lord just says to him, wrist and hip, wrist and hip. And so he's like, okay, goes back to sleep. He gets up the next morning and he's heading off to work and he's on the bus, he's on the train and all that sort of thing. And everywhere he's going, he's looking for this face. He's looking for this kid that God showed him in his dream. Goes right throughout the day, can't find the guy anywhere. He eventually gets back, gets back home and he's getting off the bus at his bus stop. It's like a bus depot. And as he gets off, he sees this kid. He sees this young guy in the distance, and he's like, oh, that's him. And so straight away, he goes into the shop, and he says, God, if that's really him, and you really want me to talk to him, then let him be there when I come out of the shop. See, he didn't want to talk to him. Fear had got hold of him, and he's like, no, 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 no. If he's there when I come out, come on, how many have done that? Come on, how many have been prompted from God? And it's, oh, okay, well, if, if they're there when I've done my shopping, then I'll talk to them. So this is what he did. He, he was putting it off as long as he could. And sure enough, when he came out of the shop, the young kid's still sitting there. So he's like, so he goes over and sits down next to, next to the kid. See, sometimes we have a heart for God, but it's just really hard to walk it out because fear comes against us and all that. But see, he was willing to push through the fear. So he goes over and he sits down next to this young guy and he's like, hey, bro. He's like, um, like uh, how do the buses work around here, bro? And I mean, he lives there. He knows how the buses work. I'm like, mate, you start the whole conversation with a lie. You know, you're wanting God to do something and you start out lying to the guy. What's that about? I mean, no, God's bigger than that. God's bigger than that. Anyway, he's talking to the guy and then he eventually plucks up enough courage and he says to him, he's like, bro, have you got any pain in your body? Remember God's told him wrist and hip. You got any pain in your body? And the guy's like, nah. And he's like, he's like sitting there, he's like, oh, no. So he's, he's fluffing around, making conversation, you know, like, like a nomad, like, what do I do now, God? And he's fluffing around. Anyway, he just decided, I'm just going to come out with it. So, I mean, thankfully, he didn't say, I've been dreaming about you. That would have been really bad. But, but he basically just said, hey, bro, I woke up in the middle of the night. I saw your face, and, and God said you had a, a sore wrist. And the guy's like, whoa, bro, really? He's like, yeah. 
He goes, yeah, man, I have like two weeks ago. I, I hurt my wrist playing rugby. And my mate's like, why didn't you flip and tell me that? And the guy's like, because you're weird, bro. You know, like, you come out asking me this weird stuff. Anyway, so, so my mate prays for his wrist. How many know, like, God's already told him, this is all lining up. By now, you're, your face pretty high. So my mate prays for his wrist, heals his wrist like that, absolutely healed. The guy's buzzing out. He's like, whoa, bro, what's all that? Anyway, my mate says, what about your hip, man, your hip? God says you had a sore hip. He's like, nah, man, I haven't got a sore hip at all. And so my mate thinks, because sometimes hips and backs, they're all aligned. So my mate says, do you, have a, do you have low back pain? Do you have a sore back? Bro, he says, yeah, man, yeah, I have a real bad sore back. And my mate says to him, look, sometimes, you know, your legs are out of alignment because your hips are all wonky and your legs are a bit short. He's like, sit down, bro. And, and sure enough, his leg was a little bit short. So my mate prays for his leg and his leg grows out. And the guy's like, you're buzzing me out, man. You're buzzing me out two times. See, he's pushing through the fear barrier and trusting God. But what unfolded was, as he was talking to this young guy, he found out that this young guy's mum and dad were youth pastors. And this young guy had walked away from church at age 15. And he hadn't been to church for years and years and years. But God revealed himself to this young guy in that moment. And talking to my mate, he repented. He's like, man, I've got to get back to church. See, my point is this. God's waiting for you. God's waiting for you to respond to a prompt. God was able to reveal himself to that young boy because my mate responded to a prompt, went through the fear factor, and sat down with this guy. You need to understand that God is waiting for us. Amen? Amen? Don't look at those guys. Look at me. I'm, I'm like way nicer. Verse, verse, five, ah, yeah, verse 5. Point five, verse five, key five. So yeah, key four is God's waiting for you. You've, you've got to respond. Five, it says this. This is God talking to Moses. It says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. For the place that you stand is holy ground. See, key five is this. You've got to understand that when you respond to God, when you respond to His prompts, things change. Lives change. See, Moses was in the desert. God says to him, gets his attention with the bush. God's waiting for Moses to come to the bush. As Moses comes to the bush, God says, whoa, bro, hold up, man. You're on holy ground. Everything changes. The desert becomes holy ground. When you respond to God's prompts, the natural becomes supernatural. When you respond to God's prompts, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. Moses didn't know he was on holy ground. Moses has just been obedient and he's coming over and God says, hold up, bro, holy ground. Moses didn't even know it. And if you begin to step out in this, it's important you get this point is because when you step out, understand it becomes holy ground. But the moment you stand, step out, it feels like God left the room. It feels like God ain't even in it anymore. You see, Moses had to be told it's holy ground because it didn't feel like holy ground. 
It didn't look like holy ground. It doesn't look like holy ground in a pub. It doesn't look like holy ground in the supermarket. It doesn't look like holy ground in the picture theater. But God's wanting to turn up in ordinary places and do some extraordinary things. When I was in the hut, we were, we were outside a picture theater. This this lady, I felt God prompt. I went up and I, I says, hey, have you got any pain? Blah, blah. She had all sorts of back issues and all the rest of it. And the moment I said, oh, I, I think God wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? The moment I said that, it was like God left me. It was like all of a sudden I'm all on my own, naked and afraid. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm meant to be doing. I don't even know how I'm meant to be praying. But I just said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And God healed her on the spot. I was more surprised than she was, I think. But my point is this. When we step out, when we respond, things change. Our purpose in life is to know God, but it's also to make Him known. You people, you're out chasing Pokemons. I want to tell you, stop chasing Pokemons, start chasing burning bushes. And I tell you what, there's nothing like hanging out with the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, looking for salvation, looking for miracles, looking for breakthrough. See, in verse 6, we haven't got time to go into, ooh, come on, Verse 6, what happens? God begins to declare to Moses. When Moses is faithful, when it becomes holy ground, God starts going, Moses, I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. And God begins to reveal who he is. When you step out, it becomes holy ground. God begins to reveal, I'm the redeemer. I'm the one that saves. I'm the one that heals. And that place becomes holy ground. Come on. Let's give God a shout. Come on, let's just say, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that your spirit has been at work in this place even today. Lord, I pray you would just use each one of us. Father God, just do whatever it is you want to do with this word. Do whatever you want to do with these people. Do whatever you want to do with this church in Jesus' mighty name. Before we finish today, I want to just take a moment, just give it an opportunity.